Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with, but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Dr. Joe Martin, and you can find him at realmenconnect.com. That's realmenconnect.com. He's a podcaster, he's an award-winning international speaker, author, educator, and certified man builder. So he's here for you gentlemen. Now his story could be summed up in one simple sentence. He went from rags to riches, to ruined, to redemption. Now Joe is uh, the creator and founder of the multimedia organization called Real Man Connect, and he's passionate about helping Christian men like you win. Not just in business, but in life. Now the truth is almost every Christian man wants to be a godly husband, father, and provider for his family. But most men are secretly frustrated or afraid of failing in their role as spiritual leaders. Because deep down inside, most of us don't know how to be godly men. Because we didn't have a godly father in our home to teach us. Uh, Dr. Joe was one of those men. I was, you know, mine is a little different, but Dr. Joe, he really gets this. As the product of a single teenage mother, Dr. Joe survived abject poverty, sexual and physical abuse, abandonment, anger, depression, rejection, and addiction, just to name a few. Now he's dedicated his entire life to helping men, husbands, and fathers like you write their own comeback story or at least prevent you from having to write one at all. He provides men with a proven five-step plan that's guaranteed if you're courageous and committed to help you win in the areas that matter most to you as a husband, father, and spiritual leader of your home. Gentlemen, this is what you are called to do. It's biblical. The God of the universe calls you to man up. So I brought Dr. Joe Martin on here to tell us how to do that. Dr. Joe, welcome to uh, Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Man, fill in the gaps, man. That was great. <laughs> that you was know, amazing. I wrote it myself, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no, but it, you, you did a great job of kind of um, synopsizing uh, my, my story. Um, yeah, of course, we got, there's a lot of details that can go into that. But I think you hit uh, the key. Um, the key is that Um, we as men, I haven't met any exception. I'm sure you haven't met an exception either. I haven't met a man yet who wants to ruin his marriage, wants to be a lousy dad, 
<laughs> wants to um, mislead and misguide the people who he works with, works for, or they work for him. Um, he wants to screw up his life. He, he wants to be the man that God has called and created him to be. But unfortunately, most of us, when I say most of us, and this is statistically speaking, because I've done this, I've done a, a kind of a straw poll when I speak at churches and um, men's conferences and men's retreats, university campuses all over the country. And I ask them that question, how many want to be that? Is males in the room, 100% Joseph raised their hand. And I, and, and I will tell you across the board, I've been to every state at least twice, four different countries, probably lectured at least a thousand different audiences. And do you know when I asked that question, I said, how many of you, 100% raised their hand, males raised their hand. I said, how many of you were shown, taught, mm. discipled by the man in your home? I didn't even say mm. father. I just say mm. a man in your home in less than 10%. Mm. Less than 10%. And that's in churches. Mm. That's in colleges. That's at retreats. That's at companies. Less than 10%. So I know that this is a higher calling from God. I believe that. Wow, that's powerful. Well, how do, how do we expect ourselves to win if we don't have that leadership, that guidance showing us how? Right? It's uh, an uphill battle both ways. Yeah. And that's probably the, the million dollar question is how do we do it? If we, how, you know, I say that men, we suffer from a, a learning disability that's been uh, undiagnosed, ABT, ain't been taught. And so mm -hmm. how do you survive? How do you come back after you haven't been taught? Well, typically we do it through trial and error by trying to figure it out on our own, but there's right. a better way. There's a better way. What you have to do is yeah, you have to recruit. And any man out there who's listening, and I know we have women listening too, but for the men out there who are listening, we already have it in our DNA and know what this is about because we love football. We love sports. And if you look at any sports, I don't care if it's from basketball, baseball, football, it doesn't matter, especially and look at college. How come University of Alabama continues to be in the top five almost every year? The first thing they say is, well, Nick Saban is a great coach. That's what they say. But there's a lot of great coaches out there, but he's a great coach. But okay, we know that we get that. He's a great coach. But what does he do probably better than almost any other coach in the country? He recruits. He recruits great coaches. He recruit, recruit great players. And then they coach up their players. So we as men, if we didn't have that male in the home to show us, we have to recruit. Um, I often joke when they ask me, what's my vision for Real Men Connect? I say, I want to become the Nick Saban of disciple making. Mm. Every day I get up in the morning, my feet touch the floor. I want to either recruit somebody I need to mentor. I want to recruit somebody who will come alongside of me and do life with me. Or, and I want to recruit somebody who I can learn from, um, a mm. Paul type figure that who can pour into my life. And that's exactly what I had to do to bring my life from, like you mentioned from the Raz to riches to ruin to redemption. When I ruined my life, that's what brought me back out of it. What the redemption came when I was able to recognize that a man is only a strong as the team of support he puts around himself. Mm. You know, it goes back to the whole iron sharpens iron, right? And we hear that all mm. the time in these Christian men's groups, but people don't show us how. Like they're, they're like, oh, yeah, just sit in a men's group. And, and it's, it's turned, it, no offense to all the men's groups out there, but I've sat in these and they, they turn into these wussification, uh, <laughs> you know, um, just small group sessions where we're all commiserating Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I struggle my marriage. <laughs> but nobody's got a plan. And, and there's right. no man at the front of the room saying, men, this is the way out. Follow me. 
Why do you think that is, Joe? Because we as men, we lack trust. Um, and there's a reason why we lack trust. And it starts when we're, when we're kids, when you want, you're looking for your independence. And it starts with, man, I, I, want, I can do this by myself. I can handle this by myself. I want to do this by myself. We're talking about children now. We're not talking about men. We're talking about children. You, uh, I don't know if you have any kids, Joseph, but remember when your kids were younger, when they're, when they're really young, I can do it. I can do it. I do it myself. I do it myself. <laughs> they want to do it by themselves. It's like, daddy, I got it. Yeah, daddy, I got this. I got this. So we all, male and female, we start out that way. Then what ends up happening is that those, those people that we want independence from, when we realize we need them for something, guess what? They disappoint us. Mm. They may reject us. They may hurt us. They may abuse us. Yes. They may mislead us. They may betray us. And then it goes from, oh, I can't, now it goes from, I want to do this myself, but now I can't trust you. And now that I can't trust you, now we start speaking this to ourselves. I'll never let somebody do that to me again. Boom. I'll never, they'll never lie to me again. They'll never disrespect me again. They'll Mm. never mistreat me again. They'll never, and what we're doing is uh, a friend of mine, uh, he described it perfectly. He said, we make fear vows and Mm. not realizing when we make those vows, I will never, whenever you hear somebody say, I will never get very nervous. Yes. Because you can't predict what you will do in a given situation. But what you can do is set up barriers for yourself that keeps you from building relationships. So yes. what ends up happening is when we, even in churches, so I don't believe that you're knocking the churches when you, or knocking small groups when you say those men's groups, because what you're having is men coming together as wounded, hurt, in pain. But what it is, though, Joseph, they're masking it yes. behind Christianity and yes. religion. They're masking it behind posturing that I, I'm okay. Don't yes. think you're better than I am. I don't want you to know how jacked up I really am. Because if, Joseph, you really knew me, you yes. may not like me. You may actually judge me. And that now, tends to keep create distance. Now, now, Dr. Joe, I have this annoying habit that God put in me where <laughs> I'm the guy that asks the question that goes right to the thing. Me too. And yeah. that gets really effing uncomfortable for a lot oh, yeah. of men, oh, right? Yeah. To your point, because it's like all of a sudden I'm reaching in and saying, lift the mask. Mm-hmm. And men are like, yo. What are you doing, man? Like, yeah. I didn't give you permission to lift that mask. It, it's comfortable. This is where I'm hiding. I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to expose that, that weak or vulnerable, wounded area of mine. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been through it myself. And I realize, as you realize, that until we remove the mask and reveal what's still hurt and what's still wounded and still broken, God can't heal us, right? And, but he desperately wants to heal us and to mm-hmm. set us free. But he can't because we won't give him that access. Right. And even when he puts godly men in our life that say, hey, lift the mask, lift the mask, lift the mask. What you want is on the other side. Mm-hmm. Men still won't trust. How do we get past that if we have been gifted and called to be the mask removers? Yeah, and that's, that's a, a challenging question, but my response to that, at least when I'm talking with other men and working with other men, especially ministry leaders, because a lot of men, they, they come to us and come to me because they want to know how we're able to get these men into community the way we do it. And the way I said, here's the simplest way I answer that question. Love is saying, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. I'll do it first. That's right. And so how do we get them to remove the mask? We remove ours first in front of them. Yeah. And now it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to reciprocate and that they're going to come forward, but you have to let them know that you're a safe place. Mm-hmm. You're a safe place for them to come, to grow, to share, 
um, and that they can go to when they need it. And so when it's amazing that, um, that when I meet men, I can't get them to be open in a group, Joseph, but they'll open up to me. Right. One-on-one. Yeah. One-on-one. But then when I ask them as we, as we develop a relationship, I said, okay, you've had some, a lot of issues. There's some abuse in your background and, and some betrayal and all this other stuff, abandonment issues. How come you were able to open up to me? But when I get you in front of a group, you clam up again. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, when you were able to share your, here's the key, your story, mm-hmm. it gave me permission to tell mine. Mm-hmm. And so when we say love goes first, I'm going to share with them my story. Now, I'm not going to force them to share theirs with me, but I will ask about it. I'm just like you, Joseph. I'm going to ask. But I'm going to respect the fact that they're not ready yet. So while they're, mm-hmm. quote, getting ready, and I'm very patient when it comes to building relationships. I mean, there's some men that I pursue for years mm. um, who are still reluctant. They give me a little bit of uh, a breadcrumb here and there, but I continue to prove myself because they, we don't know how much baggage they come with That's right. and how, how wounded they really are. So by going first, sharing my story, and then they realize that, wow, this guy's the real deal. He's not really, he, he's, he's serious. I've watched him now go through his ups and downs and he hasn't hidden any of this from me. So maybe, possibly, I could share my heart with him. And so it starts with us going first and doing it, leading by the example. BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, listen to Dr. Joe Martin here. If you're on one end of that spectrum where there's people in your life that are wounded, that are hurting, and they haven't healed yet, spend the time with them, right? Spend the time, build a relationship rather than results, like really take that time to build a relationship, meet them where they're at, move at their timetable. I struggle with this. So I'm, I'm being coached right now by Dr. Joe, right? And I really get that. And Dr. Joe, I, um, uh, I'm part of a certain men's group and uh, a few of them have been doing witness talks um, because we got a big uh, Christian men's conference coming up. So we're going to have some lay witness talks and um, they've been doing their witness talks, but we all have to swear there's like uh, 10 of us. We all have to take a vow of like confidential confidentiality um, that when this man shares his witness talk, it stays in this room. Right. And there's a part of me and, and I've spoken it to the men. I said, gentlemen, like after it was like three or four or five witness talks, I was like, gentlemen, does anyone else see that we're all the same in our struggles? Like we all have pretty much the same childhood, just a different angle. Mm-hmm. a different view. We're all the same in our struggles. And this is what the world needs to hear. We need to see each other taking off our mask and saying, Hey, you wrestle with the same thing as me. This is what I've done. This is what's helped me. But there's no healing when the enemy lies to us and keeps us all with our stories, our prodigal son stories in our back pocket, mm-hmm. tucked away and protected. Right. What shows up for you in that? Man, you know, when I, when we get into groups like that, it kind of, I laugh a little bit because I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get in a group where we're sharing our testimony of, and I'm assuming the testimony is about how we came to know Jesus. Yes. Witness um, talks. Yeah. Our witness talks. And I'm thinking, we really want to keep that confidential. Right. It's just the opposite is that you want to be able to have the opportunity to be able to share it with someone else. Now, and I know, and I'm not going to, you know, give any pushback to the group. But here's what I would suggest, um, even to the group. Okay, we're going to protect the confidentiality of this group. But what we should be talking about is how do we now go from this group to be able to share our witness? 
our testimony with others without, quote, offending them, uh, without, mm. quote, hitting them over the head with the Bible, without, quote, preaching to them. How do we do that? And to me, one of the best ways to do that is just not just give your witness story. They'll actually ask you for your witness story. If you just share your story, period. And, what, and here are some of the components that I tell people that should be in a good story when you're sharing your story. One, where'd you start? Because I see you now, Joseph, on this podcast, but guess what? You didn't start out of the womb creating the podcast. No, nah, I'm a start? broken Catholic and former <laughs> atheist. So where'd you start? Okay. Then I want to know what happened that almost stopped you along your journey. So where'd you start? What almost stopped you? And then tell me, what was the turning point that changed the projection and the, the, the um, direction of your life? I want to know that story. Now, you notice I didn't mention anything about Jesus. Nope. I didn't mention anything about religion. Now, as you share your story, especially where you start, wow, man, you started as, you know, as an unbeliever, you started this. Wow, man, that's amazing. And then what happened? You, then this almost stopped you? Then what, what happened after that? And then you tell me this story. Now, if you share your story and you do it authentically, sincerely, mm. guess what normally is probably going to happen? What happened? How'd that happen for you? What really was the thing that turned your life around? Guess what you're inviting me to do now? Talk about to... the impact that Jesus yeah. made on my life and how That's right. he turned everything around for me. And guess what? I didn't push it on you. You asked me for it. And so if and the way, here's a, I guess here's an easier way to describe it. When you meet someone, make sure that your life demands an explanation. Break that down for us. The man who, who um, helped turn my life around, mm -hmm. and you can relate to this, Joseph. I, I, I met him. He's older than me, but yet I had more education. I had all I call all the Asians. I had more education. I had a bigger compensation. I had a more popular reputation <laughs> than he did. Uh, I had all these things going for me, and, but yet there was something about him, the way he responded to his wife when I was in his presence. Mm. the way his wife responded to him, the way his children, he has eight children, five boys, three girls, the way they respected him, mm. not out of fear that, oh, dad's going to, I'm walking on eggshells. No, I mean, a loving respect. Matter of fact, that's how I met him is through one of his sons who purchased a book for me, one of my books, and told me to sign it to his dad. That had never happened before in any of the books I've ever sold, I've had people buy books for people, but never for their dad, a right. son or a child buying it for their dad. Yeah, it's like so, backwards. Yep. So I wanted to know, dude, who is your dad? And so when I met his dad and I saw the kind of man, humble, quiet, mm. wasn't like us where we're, we're used to communicating. I, no, so subdued. And I'm just watching him. He's not saying a word. I'm just watching him do life. And eventually his life demanded an explanation. And the explanation I wanted was this. How can I, quote, be more successful? I'm putting that in air quotes, more successful than you. How can I have more things and possessions than you? How can I make more money than you? How can I have all the things you don't have, but the thing that's most important, which is an inner peace and a joy that money can't buy? How come I don't have that? Your life demands an explanation. Can you tell me about your story? And so when I meet men, and first of all, they'll see me share my story openly. They want to know, what is it about this dude? That's what we mean by demanding an explanation. 
they can't put their finger on it, Joseph. They, they just know there's something, I, I'm, I'm not getting something. I'm hearing him and I'm feeling him, but there's more to this than he's letting on. I gotta know. That's when they'll ask you out for coffee. They'll wanna meet with you. Hey, can I give you a call every now and then? Can I send you a message? They, they're basically saying your life demands an explanation. And all of our lives should demand an explanation. Because if your life is not demanding an explanation, guess what it's probably filled with? Excuses. Mm. Excuses. Amen to that. BC Nation, we're speaking with Dr. Joe Martin. You can find him at Real Men Connect. Let me tell you what he's up to in the world. He's helping men who want to win at what matters most, to love your wife, to lead your family, and to leave a legacy. That's what he's up to. All right, so Dr. Joe, obviously time flies when we're talking all things fun, and we got God in the center of it. Um, but let me ask you this. Why do you think that 90% of men, Christian men, godly men, are still struggling to find their purpose? Wow, that, that's a deep question to be ending the show on. <laughs> but, uh, I would say it goes back to the learning disability. The ABT ain't been taught. Um, I work with men on finding, and matter of fact, I just coached a guy yesterday on helping him um, kind of zone in on his purpose, on his God-given purposes. I call it your spiritual DNA. That's the, your godly desires, your godly nature, and your God-given abilities. That's your spiritual DNA. And most of us from the womb, we were not taught that you were created for a purpose, on purpose, by God of purpose. Mm. And so it starts with not being taught. And I got to throw the education. I'm, I'm a fellow educator, been in education Drop for 20 it. years. Drop it, I'm man. Gonna throw us under the bus. People who go off to college, and I used to be a university professor. It's amazing. Students go to college to, quote, find themselves. That's an expensive way to find yourself. <laughs> have you saw? Have you seen what? I, I also calls? see that most of them are. That's where they lose themselves. Actually, exactly. And so, no, college was designed to help you find a job, but it wasn't there to help you find yourself, mm. help you find your purpose. That has to be taught, and it's not as complicated as we think it is. It's just that we haven't been taught. So, the reason why over ninety percent of people don't know their God-given purpose because they were never taught and shown because. Now, I know this is going to sound crazy, but you can actually find your purpose in less than 30 minutes. If you're over the age of 18, you should know it within 30 minutes. And you say, how is that possible? You haven't been asking yourself the right questions. What's the right question? Oh, you really give want us, to go that deep into the, that? Give us the first one. Well, <laughs> listen, like if I end more. the show with my audience on <laughs> that cliffhanger, like you. you can know your purpose in five minutes That's and right. finish. Like now, people are going to be like, oh, I'll give them Joseph. one then, Joe. So I'll give them one. Give and one. There's several questions I ask, but this is one of my favorite ones that I ask men all the time. Think about your spiritual DNA, your godly desires, your godly nature, your God-given abilities. What is it that you do? that brings you joy. Mm. Now you're over the age of 18. You've been happy at least once in your life. <laughs> all right. Can I but, share so, mine? Okay. Well, no, I'm not finished with the question yet. Okay. okay that's part Go. of it. What brings you? Cause it's that, that second part, Joseph is the most important part. Go. Okay. That's the first part. Everybody can jump on that one, but you got to hear the second part of the question. Was it that you do you given your spiritual DNA that brings you joy? However, when you do it, it brings joy to other people when you do it. Mm. Now, let me explain that why that's so important. See, you were quick to say answer. Let me tell you what brings me. I still I have the, the same, same answer. Thing. 
Right. Which is good. Okay. That's what you're shooting for. Because here's the thing. I enjoy singing. I really do, Joseph. I really enjoy singing. But it doesn't bring joy to other people when I do it. All right. And I so, can relate. No matter how much I sing in the shower and how much how good I think I sound, yes, the fact yes. that people kind of respond differently when I do it yes. tells me, God, man, maybe that's not it. Because if you're doing anything that brings you joy, but it doesn't bring joy to other people, that makes you selfish. Mm, okay? Amen. Yeah. But that second part, but when I do it, does it bring joy to other people when I do it? What is that thing? Now, if I'm only doing something that brings you joy, but it doesn't bring me joy, that makes me a martyr. Mm. Guess what? God didn't call us to be martyrs. All right. We have a lot of martyrs who have gone before us, but that wasn't their calling to be a martyr. They just were willing to martyr themselves for the cause of Christ. Okay. Mm. But when you, when you find something that you enjoy doing, but it brings joy to other people while you're doing it, guess what? That means God's in the center of it because mm. he created you to be a blessing while you're being blessed. And so hopefully, like you just said, Joseph, the thing that you enjoy lines up with bringing joy to other people when you do it. So I realize singing is not it, but when I communicate and I inspire and educate, guess what I find out? Wow, it brings me joy. It brings joy to other people when I do it. Maybe that's what I need to be pursuing. Now, you notice what I didn't say, what job I need to be doing. Your that's purpose right. is not a job. It's using your, your God-given gifts and talents and abilities to help others achieve God-given goals to his glory. And it can manifest itself in many different professions. We happen to be doing it through podcasting, you know, and through discipleship. And so the thing is, that's one question that you can ask. So you can see it's not that difficult. You just need to be asking yourself several questions like that. All right, BC Nation, I know what you're thinking right now. Right now, you're like, Joseph, do not stop the show. I want the other <laughs> questions. This Dr. Joe character actually knows some stuff about some stuff. I need those answers. So I'm going to invite Dr. Joe to come on the show again. Um, and I, I rarely do that, but uh, with certain guests, I could tell God has really uh, filled this man up and he's in spiritual overflow right now. And he's pouring out God's love and God's truth onto the world. Um, so Dr. Joe, uh, maybe we could do another show and we'll talk about purpose and finding your purpose because oh, so much of the world to. is struggling right there. Okay. I'm love sure to. we can Thank do you. more around that. All right. So welcome to my favorite part of the show, Dr. Joe. I'm just having fun now. All right. <laughs> welcome to the confession round. This All is right. where I'm going to ask you uh, 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't Good overthink gracious. it. Three it's just seconds? for fun. <laughs> seconds. Come on. You're quick witted. Let's go. You ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Oh, his love. What's your least favorite thing? His love. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most afraid of? Um, misrepresenting him to others. Mm, amen. That has eternal consequences. You're right. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? <sighs> Trying to succeed based on worldly stand standards. Yeah, I got that. What secret fear do you have about people? that I would get in the way of them seeing Christ mm. when I meet them. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That I'm more powerful than I think and more valuable to him than I know. <laughs> what is a new habit that you'd like to form? Trusting him more. Yes. 
And what's a bad habit you want to break? Um, impatience. Got that. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Purposeful, passionate, and powerful. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. Prideful, um, misinformed, um, and lonely. Mm, got that. And last question, Dr. Joe. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your kids in the eyes, and give them only one piece of advice about anything, what would you say to them? Oh, this is going to sound crazy. If I came back, I'll say, I told you. <laughs> I told you. He's real. He's real. I told you guys. <laughs> Dr. Joe, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Well, it's what my mentor, that guy was telling you, my spiritual father, the one who with eight kids, Howard Mintz. Um, every time I ask him for advice, he tells me the same thing. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first, Joseph, his kingdom and his righteousness in all things, all things. Look up the word all in the dictionary. Guess what it means? Everything. All things will be added unto you. Seek his, first, his kingdom first in his righteousness. And you won't have to worry about anything else that you're, quote, striving for in your life. BC Nation, do you like Dr. Joe Martin? I like Dr. Joe Martin. Do you like that? Bring guests on like this? Then go to iTunes and subscribe to the show if you haven't yet. And reach out to me. I was sharing with Dr. Joe before we got on the show uh, about how one of you, my listeners, reached out to me yesterday about, and, and she shared her heart. And I won't share her name because I don't have permission to do so, but she shared her heart about how she felt abandoned by God and uh, how she's really been hurting and, and wounded. But by listening to this show, Broken Catholic, um, and hearing my story and the story of my guest, uh, she has really been inspired to go back to church and to reconnect with God. And I, so I wrote her back and I said, hey, go pray and do an ugly prayer. Get real and raw with God. He loves that. There's intimacy and anger. Tell him what's on your mind. Tell him that, why did you leave me? Why did you abandon me? Like, ask him these questions. Get real with God. And then I, I offer to her and I offer to you, BC Nation, if, if you're in a similar place right now, just speak to God and say, God, if you're real, show me you're real in my life in a way that even I can't deny. Say that prayer for the next 10 days. Believe he will. And watch how often God will show up in your life. Dr. Joe, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I really appreciate you and what God has you up to in the world, my friend. BC Nation, you can find him at realmenconnect.com. Go check him out. Dr. Joe, thank you, my friend. I wish you oh, God's love, pleasure. peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.